Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com After my family, you said nasty things about my husband who you don't even know. What did you I say said, about John? Oh, you call him a penis head? Yeah, you were I being did. so rude about him. You were being so rude about him. Why did you call John a penis head? Why would you call John a penis head? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from part two of the Real House of Salt Lake City reunion. We're going to be discussing the penis side of it all, as well as the rest of that reunion, which, by the way, did you guys see Watch What Happens Live this week? Andy had Jeff Lewis on, and Jeff was just going in on that ugly ass re- <laughs> that ugly ass reunion set, that pirate ship from Siberia that they put on stage. And it was so funny. And Andy, I mean, Andy seemed to get a little upset about it. And I actually understand because Andy was probably thinking so many people on production worked so hard on that ugly ass set that uh, it's not appropriate to, for all of us to be just shitting on it. And yet I looked at that set again. I thought, what the fuck were they doing? I mean, the signs, there were signs for every city in the U.S. It was like, <laughs> do you notice that? It said like Salt Lake, uh, Bermuda. And then it also, there was a sign that said New York. And I was like, what the fuck do we have a sign that says New York there for? I know they're filming the reunion in New York, but nothing about the show or the season has to do with New York. Like, at least I understand the Bermuda of it all and the Salt Lake City of it all, but then to just have a sign that says New York, I'm like, what are we doing here? We do not need to put everything next to that fucking pirate ship. Um, but it was so funny to just see Jeff go in on it. Ah, oh, I loved it. I loved it. We're also going to be talking about the real house size of Beverly Hills, which continued with a Sutton small esophagus drama. That's right. Anna Marie uh, was not content on uh, just presenting Sutton's small esophagus as a storyline for one or two episodes. It's going on and on and on and on and on. And if I never hear about Sutton's small esophagus again, it'll be too soon because I can't, not one more time. And it was distracting too because we had these 80s legends in the episode this week. And we're, we're going to talk about it in a bit, but these 80s legends like Paula Abdul and uh, Taylor, Tell It To My Heart Dane, just got that song from the 80s that's so good. And we had these women in there, and then all we were talking about was Sutton's small esophagus. I'm like, let's have Paula sing a song. We had Taylor Dane sing a song. Instead, we're hearing about the small esophagus. And I'm like, let's focus on Taylor Dane singing Tell It To My Heart. But instead, we didn't. Her small esophagus. Her small esophagus. Oh, I say it every week, but I need to be stopped. Okay, back to the Salt Lake City Housewives. So we open with Angie and Monica, who are fighting last week. We're uh, getting back to their fight on the pirate ship from Siberia. Angie says to Monica, nobody wants you here. Nobody wants you here, but everything has to be stopped uh, in mid-conversation because Meredith and Whitney are cold. Honestly, it looked like Whitney's eyes were maybe frozen open or something because she was freezing in that small dress. She was cold, and so they had to turn up the heat or something. And I wonder what the temperature they keep it on there is. I don't know. Again, production. I hate to nitpick with production. Again, because they were the ones who designed that ugly ass set. And they give us so much. I just think some of that money, not to go back to the set of it all, but some of that money should be reallocated. You know, do they even refilm the opening sequences? I feel like we reuse photo shoots and stuff, but then they got all the money for that ugly ass pirate ship on stage and the sign from every city in the U.S. So what are we doing? Where's the money? Let's follow the money and the money. Maybe this is a, maybe I hate to say it. I shouldn't say this on a microphone. Maybe this whole thing's a drug front. I said it. I said it. I said it. Because I kind of feel like, why else would they be investing all that money in them ugly-ass props? I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, and then we do talk about the Monica and Linda. Linda's her mom. And I'm not calling her Linda because my mother's name is Linda, and I refuse to make the correlation. So we're just going to refer to Monica's mom as LD Millionaire, which is her Twitter handle. So that LD Millionaire, uh, she, we do talk about her. I still don't understand that Twitter handle. Why is it LD Millionaire? From what I understand or what I'm gathering on the show, they're not millionaires. So where did that word come from? Um, anyway, uh, LD Millionaire is brought up. And here's why, Here's my other um, something I want to say about Monica returning next season. And I know people are going to yell at me. 
I should have brought Matt on the podcast because he is, he's team Monica coming back. And so I should have brought him from the other perspective because you guys yell at me. You just say, Danny, you don't have a, you're biased. You don't have a right, pers- you need another perspective on there. You know, people want to hear your opinions until they don't like your opinion. Uh, but so I should have brought Matt on here because he thinks that Monica should come back. He said during the watching of this episode, he said, well, if Tom Sandoval could come back, then certainly Monica should come back to the show. So that's the other perspective. But here's what I put my monocle on. And I believe Bravo would have brought LD Millionaire to the reunion if they were bringing Monica back because they would have been investing in Monica as a housewife. And the mom is such a big part of the storyline. But I think Bravo in general, Andy, production, anyone, I feel like they're, they're like, this is all too nuts. It's too much. And it's too crazy. We can't believe anything. By the end of this reunion episode, I'm like, I don't, it's not even fun because I don't know that I believe anything Monica says or the mom. And if the mom was here, I, I don't think I'd believe anything. They all, it's too much. And so that's why I feel like it's, it's not uh, conducive for Monica coming back. And then we also talk about Easter at Angie's house. I thought it was fascinating that so much happened at that Easter and they even had footage of Monica falling down the stairs. And the fact that they didn't show somebody falling, that's, that's the real crazy thing to happen on this show because they show anybody falling. You know, they make money out of people falling on these shows. Luann de Lesseps, I feel like they've capitalized off that. Luann, the network, everybody's made money off that. Everybody has made money off Luann falling in the bush. And I believe that they would show it in a regular season, Monica falling, unless there was some other reason. And so I'm looking at all these things. I'm looking for the crumbs. I'm looking for the answers. And I am finding, I'm at least feeling, and maybe this is all made up in my head, but I'm feeling that Bravo is, there's something that they don't like about Monica or a lot they don't like about Monica. It just seems like, wouldn't they have brought Linda there to explain, LD Millionaire to explain falling down them stairs and all this crazy shit? She wanted to be a housewife. It's like, they brought less people to these reunions for less. Remember that one where they had Dana and all the Angies, and it was like they were making up Angies to bring to the reunions So in previous seasons. I mean, so wouldn't we have LD Millionaire? I'm also kind of surprised that we're not even having the men. Like they don't even have, they're not bringing John Barlow out there to talk about being called a penis head. They're not bringing out Justin to talk about, I don't know, painting his wife naked or whatever they did that one time and got fired for it. I, they aren't bringing them out this season. And so I'm surprised. No LD, they got room for Mary. Mary Cosby showed up, but uh, no LD millionaire. And I might have actually swapped them out. I maybe, maybe preferred LD millionaire to give us some answers than Mary Cosby. Although I do, I did like seeing Mary Cosby, but it does get a little, this is going to be controversial. You guys are going to yell at me, but it does start to get a little wackadoo. Like by the end of part two, I thought this is a little too wackadoo. Like <laughs> that word might not make much sense, but it's, you get what I'm saying, right? It's, it got a little too wackadoo with the Mary Cosby of it all, all of Monica's lying. And plus all the shouting over each other. I was like, we need to just kind of maybe come back down to earth. Plus the aggressiveness to the eye of that set. It was like, we're getting into wackadoo territory. And now it's feeling like I'm on a big drug high. I'm feeling like I'm tripping because too much is going on. And so they are going to need to scale back and just find kind of find the areas that they do need to scale back. And then maybe next season will be a little more balanced, but it was a a fantastic season. It just, you get what I mean. End of episode two of the reunion. I'm like, okay, two back could do. But anyway, the mom asked to go to Bermuda. Uh, production said no. The mom got pissed. Uh, and that's why um, that whole fight happened. And Monica wasn't able to see the family members. But even that, I'm like, I don't know if I believe any of this. I don't know if I believe any of it. And that's an issue. Of course, all the moms in the history of this network have probably wanted to be a main housewife, right? Like, that's not that shocking that LD Millionaire uh, wanted to be a housewife instead of Monica. I mean, even the bit where she said, Monica Monica said, uh, LD Millionaire and I prayed when I had the audition for the show. And the mom said a prayer to baby Jesus or whoever she was praying to. Uh, and said, I would rather be on the show instead of Monica. And everybody acted like that was some big bombshell. I was like, I bet you that same thing happened with like Deandra and Mama D over in Dallas, <laughs> over in Dallas, that show that got canceled after they put salsa in somebody's bed. Uh, but that is the kind of vibe with all of the moms. I would imagine every single mom in the history of the show probably would prefer to be the main cast member, the star of the show over the uh, kid. And so I don't know. I wasn't that shocked by that, but. I don't know. Monica understands how it looks when she's on the show being an asshole to the mom. Um, but I also understand why Monica's an asshole to the mom. But it's all so dark-sided. 
And I don't, uh, I don't know. She, and there's all these things about like banning people from the house. And then uh, she's one's paying for the car and then taking the car away. I'm like, we're grown people. You guys are kids with kids. Like they, Monica has kids. And, and then when you really take a bird's eye view and think about like the young kids being raised in this environment, it's like, I don't know if I want any of it. I just want everyone to be good. I want to, I want to be like that gal from Mean Girls. <laughs> just wants rainbows and cakes and everything. And that's what I want for Monica's family. And I don't think the show is going to be good for that. Even, even if it is good for our entertainment, it is kind of like, maybe it's not good for the daughters or whoever. I don't know. Whitney though, she does stick up for Monica. Whitney says it took her watching the show to notice the uh, relationship with the mom. And she's relating because she's got the relationship with the dad. She recognizes a lot of the behavior in the dad because the dad has been on the show before. We saw him in the earlier seasons of Salt Lake City. Of course, he was played by Diane Warren on the show. And he had a troubled relationship with Whitney. And so she's starting to empathize. And Heather, too. Heather even said in this moment she's having trouble with her mom. They only text and uh, it's a, a shitty relationship among these parents. And uh, Whitney says that it actually um, was uh, 16 years she had a bad relationship with her mom, uh, not even the dad. But she says the birthday texts, although they're okay now, her and her mom, she's a little, it seems, estranged from the dad. But her and the mom had like 16 years of a bad relationship where the mom didn't text. And, you know, I, I'm a little... I shouldn't say jealous, but my mom does text me every five minutes and that's probably an issue. And my dad too. My dad's like kind of half retired now. And I feel like my dad's always now calling and he's trying to connect with me on the phone. He's talking about the other day. He called me to talk about batteries. He's like asking me about what kind of batteries I get. And I was like, dad, we we talked talked about Home Depot batteries for like 20. Hey, Dan, so where do you get your batteries? And I was like, dad, we're. We don't need to talk about batteries for 20 minutes. But the point is parents are just trying to connect. And I, I should be very lucky that my parents... Uh, are trying to connect because now I'm watching LD Millionaire on screen and thinking, well, glad that's not my Linda. Um, anyway, Whitney is not in touch with the dad anymore. Um, we do get into the business of falling down the stairs and they have the footage and Monica, I guess, threatened to sue Angie. But then even with the lawsuit stuff, she's like, no, I don't, I have never sued anyone because Angie then says, like, you've tried to sue everybody. And Aunt, uh, Monica's like, I've never sued anyone in my life. And then Heather's like, you're suing me right now. <laughs> You're doing it right now. And Monica's like, no, I'm not. It, but apparently it's a counter sue, which is still the same thing. And so they are suing each other. Um, there was a funny moment with LD Millionaire, though. It was revealed that at that Easter party, after Monica fell down the stairs, and uh, LD Millionaire was like getting out of this house, production got her in a Subaru um, to take Monica and the mom to apparently urgent care. But the mom said, I'm not going in the fucking Subaru. She said, not having it. I will not get in that Subaru. So she said, get me another car, get me another vehicle that's nicer, and then maybe I'll take my daughter to urgent care. And so that's what happened. Um, uh, We didn't get to see that part. But the tweets between the mom and the daughter are just so dark-sided. And I don't know if you noticed this, but in those tweets, a lot of them, LD Millionaire and Monica, as they're fighting back and forth on Twitter, they keep hashtagging R-H-O-S-L-C, which that's the darkest part to me because – they're having these big fights, family, drama, history, past, and estrangement. And then you're just trying to hashtag to direct people to the show that it's all playing out on. I'm like, this is so such a fucking mess. It's a mess for them. I mean, for them in their real life. For us as an audience, it's great. It's fantastic. And honestly, <laughs> thrilled. Thrilled for us. Uh, but for them, it's very dark-sided. Um, okay, so then what else? Andy looked a little exhausted to me. Did he look exhausted to you? I think he was exhausted. Uh, we also talked about the name change stuff. So apparently her Monica's maiden name is Darnell. And then, or no, Fowler is another, I don't know, Fowler, Garcia, and Darnell. I can't keep up with the names. Wasn't there another one too? Four names. I guess legally there were only three different names. I don't know. I find that odd too. Legally. Legally. Because doesn't it take, I've never changed my name legally before, but isn't it kind of a pain in the ass? My friend just did it when she got married. She got She'd been married for a while, but just didn't want to go through with the name change thing because she said it was a big pain in the ass. And so I'm looking at this like, oh, Monica legally changed the name three different times. So what are the logistics of that? Because if it is a pain in the ass, you're going through that pain in the ass three different times? I don't know. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And you guys are probably yelling at the screen like, why don't you get that? But I don't get it. Um, And then we talk about Jack going to his mission trip. 
apparently Jack was sent to California, uh, but the, he couldn't get his visa approved or whatever because he took a photo in the, with the six pack out. That's right. I have the no. chill. No. That's right. He sent uh, our our nation's government a picture with his blouse off and the abs out. And so blouseless Jack ultimately couldn't go on his mission. He had to wait a little bit longer, take a new photo uh, with his blouse on, and then get approved, I guess, to go where he was going on his thing. And so good for him. And also, where's the footage? Where's the shot, apparently, that he sent the government with his top off? Because I'm going to see that. I mean, it's it, it's relevant Bravo, it's relevant. And so if you're going to show me that fucking pirate ship, I want to know what the government saw and was like, no, we're not approving him. Because I, I don't know, was it just a topless photo? Show us. Um, but the mission stuff, it's interesting. But Heather, it's all about Heather wanting to be involved. But then, of course, she left the church. And, and her and Whitney actually had some unseen footage here because they had gotten into it about Jack's mission. And it seems like they all made up and it's good now. But I understand what Heather is going through because although she left the church, she still is connected to it. She was raised by that. I feel that way about the Catholic Church. I know it's not the same as Mormonism, and it's it's very different, but I was raised going to this Catholic grade school. And uh, when I hit middle school, I transferred to a public school, so I, I didn't stay there long. But it is that stuff just sticks with you. You can't get rid of it. And so there's even times still to this day, I'm not someone who goes to church regularly, but I still feel like sometimes, I don't know, I'll be able to remember a hymn or a, a prayer or whatever it is. And so it just—it isn't something that just leaves you. And so I understood Heather there. Uh, I think there was a lot of stuff that they probably cut from the season. I really think they had like an embarrassment of riches, and I think that's why we're not seeing many people come to this reunion. Uh, we're going to talk about Beverly Hills, but you know, I always feel like when they're bringing in old cast members and trying to spice things up that way, it's because they don't have much. And here on Salt Lake City, I just feel like they, they didn't even invite Mary into the second half of the season. She's here for the reunion, but the whole last few episodes, even outside of that trip, I feel like there was a few where they didn't even have Mary because although Mary's this great comic relief, they just didn't even need it. They had embarrassment of riches for this season of, of content. And, uh, and so I think that's why it's been so good, but, um, I think we're missing some of these filler hallmarks that I'm used to from reunion. I'm like, where are the men? Where are these? other side characters. And I just think they got a lot. They got a lot and they're in a good spot. And um, anyway, then we see backstage speaking of other cast members, because they do bring out Mary. And at first we see Mary and Monica backstage wild that these two are paired. And Monica, uh, Mary says she hasn't been watching the show. And ultimately I don't think Mary likes Monica at all, at all, but she seems to be butting up to her. And I would, think it's probably for the show. I think they both probably feel like they need the ally in the, each other because Mary don't have no allies either. She went on that stage. and or, No, I saw this footage of Mary backstage. It was on like one of the Bravo social media accounts. You know, Bravo does such a good job with their socials. Uh, and so, of course, I'm scrolling Instagram and I see this thing. It was like Mary backstage. And she's like, I don't like any of them, even Meredith. And so... <laughs> And it was like right before she had gone out on stage for the union. That's when they filmed this little thing, I think. And uh, she's like, I don't even like Meredith. Or she's like, I'm mad at all of them. They're all being nuts. Um, Something like that. And so Mary don't like any of them. And so I think she's butting up to Monica on some level because she don't have any other allies other than her pretend allyship with Meredith, which I don't believe is real. Again, it feels like Meredith and Mary, every time they're in a scene together, they've been meeting each other for the very first time. And so <laughs> there, was, there was that scene earlier in the season where we saw Meredith at Mary's house. And I swear, it was like they just met, like right before filming that, they just met. But every time they're on screen together, they're like, oh, we're we're such good friends. Or on the reunion, when Mary walked out, Meredith's like, I love you, Mary. And I was like, do you, Meredith? I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. But I like that they're pretending for our sake. Um, so Mana, uh, Mary Cosby comes out on stage. She says, great to see you, Andy. Andy says, great to see you at a reunion. So he's throwing a little shade in there because remember that one reunion that she didn't show up for? Mary says, oh, are you going to make me pay for that? And then they show footage of her not showing up for season two. Oh, I love it. I love it. But they, Andy asks them all, she's, he's like, do you think that it was good for Mary to come back? Like, did you need her? And they all say, like, yeah, we we were happy to have her back. She's great comedic relief. We are always on our toes in scenes with her. So I think even though the women don't like Mary, I think they want her on the show. And that's the big difference between Monica and the rest of them, because I feel like they don't want Monica on the show. Mary, even though Mary can just drive them nuts and call them names and throw out accusations and be unpredictable, 
I still think they feel comf- they feel a level of comfort with Mary of like she's not going to do anything scary to them. Whereas I don't know if they feel that way about Monica. Does that make sense? Um, what else is going on? Mary says her son. Oh, this, it's the stuff about Mary's son, you guys. I'm going to watch that forever because we do remember from earlier in the season that Mary's got the son who lives at home with Mary and the new wife, although Mary didn't know that the son was married. So he's only 21 years old, but apparently he got married. Remember that one scene where Mary's like, did you get married? And the young boy, Robert Jr. is like, I don't know. Did I? I don't know. Did I get married? (laughs) Like he didn't know. I don't know. Did I? Did I? Am I married? He was like so shocked that whole time. Anyway, apparently they did get married. And they're fucking in the house. Yeah, that's right. They're fucking in the house. And Mary heard them effing in the house. And she knocked right on that door. I don't even know if she knocked, but she went right up to his bedroom door. And she heard the new daughter-in-law making some noises, pretending to have an orgasm. And Mary said, "Uh uh-uh, not on my watch. Not going to do it. So she barged right on in. And she said, hey, young lady, you don't need to pretend for these men. And honestly, I thought this was great advice. And all the young women out there, you need to stop telling these men, stop faking it. Because these men then, do you see the Southern Charm Reunion? Where uh, it's Shep. Ugh, I hate to say that name. But that one, that demon over there on Southern Charm, which we hope he gets the help and everything he needs because it seems like he's in a rough spot. So I just want to say that to him. I, we offer him love and light and guidance. But uh, he is a demon and uh, he is not pleasing the women he's with. And so he didn't even seem to have that much remorse when they're all saying on stage at the reunion, like, oh, uh, the people who fucked you say it's terrible. And he's just up there. He's like, well, it's hard. <laughs> Like even Craig, my Craigie was like, well, you got to figure it out, dude. He's like, it's part of a relationship, but Shep didn't even care. And that's because uh, I'm not trying to put all the blame on the women who sleep with these men. Uh, But I do think that maybe there is a tiny bit of blame. Of course, we blame the men more, but there is a tiny bit of blame for the women who's going to be lying to people like Shep and saying how good the sex is. So we need to be honest with these gentlemen and say, oh, by the way, like they did on Southern Charm. By the way, Shep, like you didn't please me all those times we were in bed together. And so Mary was just trying to get that lesson on over to her son and the son's uh, new wife, potentially, and say, hey, by the way, don't fake the orgasms with my son. And so I thought that was really great advice, although maybe she could have waited until another time when they weren't, um, when Robert Jr. wasn't inside of uh, his wife. And maybe she could have waited or done it some other time, literally any other time than when the son was inside of her. That would be my suggestion. But who am I to give any advice to Mary Cosby? Because she's been living this life the way she's been living it for all these years. And I don't know if she's changing. And so she needs to barge into her son while he's inside of the wife to tell the wife not to fake an orgasm. So be it. So be it. (sighs) Anyway. um, Yeah, I did love hearing about the son. And um, we do see unseen footage of her telling the makeup artist this. And that was great. And she just heard the dramatic uh, screaming. And so she opened that door. She said, be true. Be true to it, is what her exact words she said to the daughter-in-law. Be true to it. And she's right. Be true to it, ladies. Be true to it. But again, I do want to say that it's it's also more the men's fault for not pleasing properly the women, because they need to get on board, too, if there's any straight men listening, which I'm not sure that there are. Maybe to the, to the five and tens of you that are, are straight men listening to everything in con- Iconic, I do want to say that you need to put some effort, maybe tonight. Or whenever the next time you're going to do it, you need to put extra effort and you need to do some better recon and see if they're faking it for real or if it's actual faking it or what. Like, figure it out. Figure it out. Because we do not need to send Mary Cosby into each and every one of your bedrooms to let you know that you're not pleasing your significant other properly. If that's what it's going to take, then that's what it's going to have to take. I don't know where we're at on the hologram technology of it all, but perhaps we're going to have to create some sort of Mary Cosby hologram to just send in these straight men's bedrooms and let them know. And say, be true to it. Be true to it, she's going to have to say. The hologram version of Mary Cosby is going to have to go into all these bedrooms across the country and say, and the world, frankly, and say, be true to it. Be true to it. She's going to have to tell these couples because apparently there's lots of troubles in these straight. You know, that's why it's one of the good things about being gay. You can tell right away. You can tell how everyone's having fun in bed. And there's no, no secrets. No secret. No regrets and no secrets. Um, okay, so speaking of uh, Dick, John was called the penis head. Monica, again, we played that clip. After my family, you said nasty things about my husband who you don't even know. What did you I say said- about John? Oh, you called him a penis head? Yeah. You called him a penis head? 
by the way, Angie K still cracking me up this week, but there was a moment where Angie K again repeated that the comment about Meredith being a trampoline with eyes was a compliment. And every time she says it, you guys, I lose it. Like, it's not even just like a smile. It's like a full guttural laugh. Like when Angie K says, no, that's a compliment in regards to the words, you're a trampoline with eyes. <laughs> Ah, oh, these shows are the craziest fucking shows. I love them. I, you guys were so blessed to have these worlds, just these worlds to live in. Um, and so, okay, what else is going on? Did we, we talked about the sun. We talked about, um, uh, Angie asked Whitney, how do you feel about having Mary back in the mix? And I do think Whitney is the only one who very much hates Mary being back in the mix because uh, although Whitney called Mary a predator, which is not something she should have said, um, Mary has also said mean things to Whitney. And so these two are just not going to get on the same page and it's, it's tough. And, um, she, Whitney ultimately does take back that predator comment, which is a dangerous comment. It's a dangerous comment, but again, uh, it's pointed out by Andy and some of the other women on stage. Like Mary said terrible things to Heather. She called her inbred. And yet Mary was mad that Heather insulted her Dr. Seuss chairs. And so they're all sitting there like, well, that's not exactly the level insults, right? Like, me saying you have you own a Dr. Seuss esque chair is not the same as you calling somebody else an inbred. You know, like those are two very different things. And Mary even said um, she. They also get into this thing about Whitney being racist. So Mary says she's racist, but then kind of goes back on it. But and I guess Mary was trying to say like the Mormon religion is rooted in racism. Let's see. Meredith barely said anything this reunion. Mary says they need to hear out Monica, and then uh, the reunion ends and. And next time we talk more of the black eye stuff, we talk about security footage of Jen and uh, I'm excited to get in next week. And that's when we'll really know. That's when I'll have a, a, a determined answer for you uh, of whether or not Monica, whether or not I think Monica should come back to the show next season. We still got one more episode. I still think there's some bombshells. I told you, I still feel there is something. I feel like there's something still coming in part three. Maybe I'll be totally wrong, but I still, still think there's something coming that's going to be a big going to give us that definitive answer of like, no, she can't come back. I think I, I really feel that. And I don't know, maybe I'll be wrong. Um, anyway, that's the Real Houses of Salt Lake City. And uh, shall we get into the Real Houses of Beverly Hills? Let's actually, let's take a break here and come back. And we're going to talk about the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. I do bonus episodes on our Patreon page. So it's patreon.com slash everything iconic. I do just one episode where I recap Sex in the City. We're currently on season three, just one episode a month. Uh, more importantly, that money helps to support this show. So uh, thank you to everyone who's over there. And, uh, and yeah, so if you want that, just go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. And I guess figure it out. <laughs> I also have books available, uh, which you can get uh, wherever you get your books. Okay, let's take a break. Come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Look, the weather's getting warmer. 
You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. Her small esophagus. Her small esophagus. Uh, okay, we're back. We're going to talk about this week's Real House of Beverly Hills. And I gotta just give a disclaimer because last week, I think I was extra tough on the Real House of Beverly Hills last week on the podcast. And I heard from a lot of you that said I was tough on it. And I'm extra tough on the Real House of Beverly Hills because I feel like Beverly Hills, the highs are so high and yet the lows are so low. And so I feel bad that I'm going to drag them again this week because I just thought actually this was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So if you really love Beverly Hills, let me just say this disclaimer, turn off the podcast. If you loved this week's episode of the Barrel Houses of Beverly Hills, I don't want to take anything from you. I don't want to bum you out. I don't want to be a Danny Downer. I don't want to uh, yuck your yum or whatever the kids are saying these days. Fuck me. Fuck me. Fuck me! Uh, yeah, I shouldn't shout that too loud. There's uh, someone outside my window. And so, sir, I didn't mean that literally. Matt, get in here. Entertain the yard guy. Um, okay, so we, uh, I am going to be hard on it because I actually think this was maybe one of the worst episodes of all time. <laughs> Is that mean? It, like last week, I felt like at least we had that like grounded, uh, there was like an emotional center, an emotional core. We got to know more about Kyle and the relationship with Mauricio. I feel like this week I didn't really learn anything. I didn't have no fun. I wasn't entertained by the drama. I just felt like, what were we doing here? We're talking about Sutton's small esophagus. Now, there were moments, of course, which we'll get to. But if you were someone who watched this week's episode of The Real House of Beverly Hills and you thought, that's the fucking best episode of television I've ever seen. What a great episode of Housewives. Or, I really enjoyed that. That was fun to watch. First of all, I want to tell you to turn this off and put on The Real House of Miami uh, and watch that instead. But secondly... I want to say, skip this podcast. Skip the rest of this podcast because I just, I thought it was terrible. And I don't want to bum anyone out. And if you work for Bravo and you're mad at me for hating on your show, um, condolences. <laughs> My condolences for what you're about to hear. Okay, so I thought this was terrible. Now, we open just kind of catching up with everybody. Sutton's doing Pilates in front of the fire. Bamboozled James, patting the puss with the choreographer. 
Dorit and the daughter are talking about being sassy. Garcelle went to a place called the Face Gym, which we need to stop. We just need to stop. Just in general, we need to stop, but also specifically in California. I don't believe that we need places called Face Gym. Now, I know that people go travel, and now I'm hearing from a lot of people who do the, what's that, lymphatic drainage massages where they massage your face. And I haven't tried that. I've been wanting to try that. And maybe that's one of the things that they do at the Face Gym, this establishment that's called Face Gym uh, that Garcelle was at very briefly at the opening of this episode. Um, but I just don't know that we need a full, I feel, the things that they would do at a place called the Face Gym, I believe that those should be just bonus things that they do at something like a spa, right? Or a massage parlor, somewhere else. I just don't know that we need whole establishments simply for um, working out the face, question mark? I guess that's what it's for. It's called Face Gym. I don't know. So I hate to, I'm also going to be mean about Face Gym because they need to stop too. We all need to stop. There's just too many, too many different workout programs. That now I got to work out my body and, you, and now on. It's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. You turn on the TV now. I'm thinking, oh, do I got to work out my face? I never thought that before. And now I'm going to have a, a complex because I'm watching Garcelle go to the face gym and thinking, oh, I got to work out my fucking face now. <laughs> for I got to lift. I got to do cardio. I got to do. They always say, I just saw someone, um, a workout person saying, you got to make sure you stretch every day. It's so important that you stretch every day. And like, how many other goddamn things do I have to do with my day? We're all fucking tired. And I got to do the cardio and then I got to meditate and then I got to do yoga to concentrate or calm down. And then now I got to stretch and then I got to make sure I'm lifting because it's important to do the muscle thing. And then now I got to do the face workouts and I'm fucking tired and I can't get, they can't give me one more fucking thing to do with my body in terms of working out because it needs to stop. It needs to stop. Then we see Sutton picking flowers in her yard. She's got a little dress on and tennis shoes. It was cute. And Kyle uh, Splits Richards arrives and immediately looks in Sutton's refrigerator, which if that happened to me, electric chair. You don't just walk into somebody's house. I actually was pissed at Splits. I know she's going through a lot. She's maybe dating a woman now and leaving the husband and being an empty nester. Like her life is in uh, being uh, completely uh, changed. It's being completely changed. She's going through a change uh, in her everyday life. And so we do want to grant her some grace, but I would not grant her some grace if she came over to my house and immediately went into the refrigerator, looked through it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. She just went right in that fridge and said, what's in here? And then she, not only that, but then she took Sutton's eye patches. She just said, I'm putting these eye patches on. And I'm like, Splits, you need to calm down because what are you just walking into people's? I don't, I don't think her and Sutton are that close where you're just walking in the refrigerator. And who knows what's in my refrigerator? I don't know. I just don't want, it's not like I'm hiding anything in my refrigerator, but I don't need someone coming in and looking because, by the way, I'm not always cleaning the inside of my refrigerator. I'm sorry. I'm a pretty straight and tidy person. Actually, very straight and tidy. Like our house is always pretty clean. Um, but when you go into the refrigerator, you just never know if there's going to be a ketchup bottle with some ketchup on the outside or I just, who knows? And they had a camera crew there. So, if I'm Sutton, I'm thinking, who's this other cast member coming to my house with a camera there? And the camera, of course, is going to be on Splits Richards as she goes into that refrigerator. So we didn't even see the inside. But I'm just saying, if that were me, it would have been, I would have quit the show. I would have just quit the show. I would have said, I'm done. I'm done filming. Take my mic pack. I would have, <laughs> I would have had one of those dramatic storm off moments. Like, I will not film with her in my refrigerator. Throw the mic pack at the at the production. Um, but they talk about Kyle's memorial and why um, Mauricio wasn't there. And I hate Mauricio. Um, but apparently they're having another event. So um, they're having another event this week with the Homeless and Not Toothless Foundation or Homeless Not Toothless. I sort of miss your hand and mine. I was hoping that that would be the charity because I want JLC to show up. So I don't know. I don't know what that has to do with the Homeless and Toothless thing. But point is, I would like the hand in mine as well. Um, but Kyle, there's still some confusion over the homeless toothless thing. So uh, it's it's funny, but it's diminishing returns, right? So last season or whatever the first season was where we heard about the Homeless Not Toothless Foundation, it was hysterical, right? Like none of the women understood it and still they don't understand. It's still funny, but it's to diminishing returns. So this week's on episode, I was like, all these fun bits about the homeless and toothless. I was like, they're kind of cute. But last season, they were hilarious. And by next season, you guys, they're going to be agonizing. So I just would like to point that out. Um, but 
Let's see, something that they cut from last week on the show that I want to point out was a scene from that lunch. Remember they went to, where did they go? Was it Palm Springs or something? I don't know where they went. They went, remember they had that lunch that they showed for two minutes on the show last week and Sutton uh, licked Kyle's hoof? Well, apparently at that same thing, Anna Marie licked Sutton's armpit. And they cut it. And thank God they cut it from the show, but then I had to watch it this week. Like, I don't need to see. What are we doing, you guys? We have to watch these housewives licking each other's hooves and armpits? That is... It, I, wh- what? What? Apparently all these gals are going to Barcelona, though. That's the big cast trip. Sutton invited everyone at that memorial service for Kyle's best friend. And uh, Kim was in, Kim was at the group that was invited, but Kim Richards is not apparently going on this trip, but she was there. Uh, and Sutton don't even want Anna Marie to go because Anna Marie keeps talking about her small esophagus. So she's like, well, I don't want to invite. And Kyle's like, well, you already invited her to that trip, so she has to go. Um, and then we have some stuff. Crystal, it was a crystal-heavy episode. And uh, I'm not sure that that was a good thing because it wasn't. <laughs> she was good at the end. Uh, but sometimes I feel like Crystal just gets lost on this show. Uh, and it feels like we go weeks and weeks without hearing anything from Crystal. And then it was like a Crystal-heavy episode. And uh, I think we need to fix some casting here. That's my opinion. This, I'm not sure who or where or what. But I did think in the middle of this episode, I was like, maybe we need to reboot this whole show. Is that terrible of me to say? And I will probably regret that. So don't don't quote me on that. Do not quote me on that. Uh, but as I was watching, I did think we need to reboot it. We need a full reboot because... <laughs> Again, do not quote that. But yes, I do believe that. Um, Okay, so uh, Crystal, what did we talk? We talked about uh, Anna Maria, and apparently there's this eating disorder thing, which uh, I don't love the way Anna Marie is making that big giant leap to eating disorder, or Crystal saying that Sutton's got eating disorder when it was clear that Crystal didn't say that. And also, there's some sensitivity around the issue because Crystal's been so honest and open about her own eating disorder issues. And uh, so I'm I'm on Team Crystal with that one. And I can only imagine what it's like opening up about that on television because it's such a personal thing. And then uh, to have to have it feel so flippant, both on Crystal's end, but also Sutton's end, because it felt flippant when the other women have sort of made these uh, allusions or low key accusations about Sutton having some sort of eating disorder issue. And I just think people need to be careful about that more careful than they're being on the show because it's all the eating disorder stuff is coming across as flippant. And I don't think they mean it to be, but especially with Anna Marie, I'm like, ah, the way she's saying certain things is making me uncomfortable. I don't, but Dorit, meanwhile, her and PK, PK, they're uh, scheduling the homeless toothless event at the Beverly Hilton, which my bestie used to work there. I used to go there all the time. Hey, baby girl. I uh, used to work there. And so I felt like I was there all the time, but my controversial hot take, Oh God, I came with some, I shouldn't have come with these hot takes this week because I know you're going to yell at me. But my controversial hot take, another one, is that Dorit keeps talking in these scenes about the PTSD. And I don't, I'm not saying she doesn't have PTSD for what she went through. So do not twist my words. However, I feel as though she's playing up the PTSD for the show, which of course is a natural instinct thing, instinctive thing to do as a cast member on a reality show. Whatever is going on in your life, you're going to play it up. But there's a little something with Dorit's PTSD storyline that, is makes me feel icky because it, I don't know. I'm reading it as her playing it up and maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's just, she's not as good of an actress. So it's coming across as disingenuous or something, but I'm reading it personally as her playing it up for the cameras and to play up something like that feels icky to me. And so that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. And by the way, all of these opinions that I have are not only subject to change. Also, I don't fucking know anything. But let's talk about Paula Abdul and William H. Macy, shall we? So Dorit says she's got some special guests. She's like, I got some good ones coming to this event. And then she let us know who they are. It's Paula Abdul, William H. Macy. And then she says a surprise guest. Now, I was so excited. For some reason, I thought JLC, maybe. Or didn't last year they had Melissa Etheridge on? I don't know. My mind was going wild because on Beverly Hills Housewives, you just never know who that special guest is going to be. Because we're in the town of Tinseltown in Hollywood. And so, of course... These people have access to uh, other stars. And so uh, I was surprised that that other big surprise guest was Taylor Dane. Now, I do love that song of Taylor Dane's. Um, however, 
uh, it just wasn't, I, I don't know. I guess it just wasn't something I could have expected. Um, okay. So then we have Crystal with her brother, Jeff. Did we talk about this? First of all, he's very handsome. I have to say that. I have to get that out of the way. Um, very hot. But he brought this bracelet and made me laugh so hard because he said a monk made it with their feet. And then she was just looking, she's like, wait, with the feet? And then he's like, I'm just kidding. But it, I don't know. It made me laugh. And that's when they talked about Sutton looking Kyle's hoof. And I don't need to hear about that anymore at all, at all. I draw the line. I don't need to see Sutton licking Kyle's hoof. And again, I don't need to see Anna Marie uh, sucking on uh, Sutton's pit. That's another thing I don't need to see. I don't need to see any tongue action going near a pit. Okay? Unless I'm watching a men.com video, and that's a tale for another time. But when I'm watching The Real House of Beverly Hills, I'm not interested in seeing anybody lick anyone else's pit. Okay, Bravo? You hear me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bravo. I love you. I feel like I'm being tough on them being tough on them. Um, anyway, the brother, Jeff, they have a good relationship and they've always had a super intense relationship. Apparently, uh, Crystal scares off some of the brother's girlfriends. Um, but now he's going to spend six months a year. He's going to be living in Bangkok or something. I don't know. I wasn't paying much attention. Then we cut to the homeless and toothless event. And, uh, Dorit is she, before she gets to the event, she's taking some photos on her balcony. Uh, Rob, he can't make it early to the event. So Crystal has to go to the event early because Rob, it turns out he's got to go to an event for the brave little toaster. Now this movie, the brave little toaster, I believe that Rob had a very, did he direct it or produce it? I don't know. I believe he had some part in it. And of course we do know that Rob also directed the lion King. I mean, this man, he's a pretty uh, fascinating man. And I would actually love to talk to Rob about his filmography because he's done some doozies and so I don't know exactly what his involvement was in the Brave Little Toaster, but I fucking love that brave, that bold ass little toaster. I loved it. when I was a kid. Ugh, the brave ass. I thought Don Hahn or what's his name? I thought he directed it. I know maybe Rob like produced it or something. But anyway, the Brave Little Toaster. That movie. It wasn't a Disney movie. It was like a another studio. But that movie was so fucking good, and that bold ass toaster was just the best. The best. Uh, meanwhile, Mauricio and Kyle, they're on the way to this event, and they very clearly hate each other. Very clearly hate each other. Um, at the event, we see everybody go into the step and repeat. We see Bamboozle Jane. She actually runs into uh, her dentist at this homeless, not toothless event. And this was so funny because they were just standing next to each other, you guys. They were talking, making small talk. And then all of a sudden, Erica was like, oh, wait, you're my dentist. And it was like they were so surprised that uh, they had been talking. And I was like, how did you not recognize each other? Now, I know dentists, sometimes they have the mask on. I still think you would recognize your dentist, right? And when you have some antennas up that this is a dentist-related event, so maybe you would see the dentist? I don't know. Am I making sense? So I feel like she would have recognized the dentist. Now, I did have to block my dentist because uh, they were sending me too many texts. I was just getting texts all the time from my dentist. And a great dentist, by the way. But it was like, I don't need text messages every holiday and uh, every time you got a coupon, anytime you need me in for a cleaning. Because if it's up to them, the dentist, they'd have you going in for a cleaning every six days. And I'm sorry, I don't have the time. And so... um I did have to block the dentist and it's going to be awkward when I have to make another appointment to go to that dentist. But for now they're blocked on my phone. So anyone from that dentist, if you're listening, I'm sorry that your texts aren't coming through to me. (laughs) I'm sorry that those holiday texts you send for every fucking holiday uh, are not coming through to me, but you need to stop. And by the way, anyone out there who's a dentist, you do not need to send a holiday text because I guarantee you, your patients do not want a text that says, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Valentine's Day, Arbor Days around the corner. None of that. We don't. We'll call you when we need an appointment. Maybe once a year you could send out a message like, hey, did you come in for a cleaning yet? That's it. I don't need any other texts from a dentist or doctor's office or nothing. Like, leave me alone. Unless I'm reaching out to you, I don't need... Because then sometimes you get a text and and you're like excited about it. You're like, oh, who's texting me? And then you look at it and it's just the dentist. And yeah, so that's depressing. Um, okay, so then what else? So th- ultimately, Bamboozle Jane and the dentist realize that they're patients of each other, and uh, they have a nice little moment. Then Mauricio is—is is he drunk or even Kyle asks? He, she's like, "Are you high?" A lot of weird vibes here. A lot of weird vibes. And Anna Marie's husband's there. Weird vibes. Uh, and um, Mauricio and Kyle, even when they were posing for those photos together, it was so uncomfortable. Lots of uncomfortability. Uh, should we take our, our next break here? Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and finish this up. We've got a lot more to talk about, including Sutton's, uh, another body part of Sutton's, which comes up in conversations for smooth and silky you-know-what. Uh, we'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I 
love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. All right, so Sutton's small esophagus is not the only body part that we are continually, unfortunately, talking about on this show. And we need to stop talking about Sutton's body, but this is a topic that keeps coming up. And Sutton uh, explains to everyone that she's got a smooth and silky Rita Moreno. That's right. That's right. So Sutton reveals to the group that she's got a smooth and silky Rita Moreno. And so that, I guess, uh, is just going to be something that we're going to have to hear about. And I don't know that we need to hear about it. So um, maybe get back to the drawing board. Because also in this event, I was spotting with my little eagle eye, one of the Oppenheim twins from the Selling Sunset show. You know, I love that show. And you know, those two little pocket realtors, the men, uh, Jason and Brett. I believe I saw Jason there. I believe the camera was trying to stay away from Jason, but I'm pretty sure, you guys, that I saw Jason from Selling Sunset there. And it wasn't Brett, by the way. I could tell those two little pocket realtors apart. I have been watching that show long enough. I know that they're, I think, identical twins, but I could tell them very distinctly apart now because that's how invested I am in that show about the the realtors and them outfits going around to them houses, open houses. I love them. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that that was the Oppenheim twin, the little pocket realtor. I saw him. I saw someone put him in my little pocket, a little Polly pocket, because he's a shorter man. And I, you know, I love, I love a little short, shorter man, very attractive. Uh, and so I want to put him in my little shirt pocket and carry him around that event, looking for the homeless and toothless at the event, because I swear I saw him in the background. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, maybe we could do some recon and figure out was the Oppenheim twin there? Uh, unclear. Um, then Anna Marie says there, she gets into it with Crystal and Sutton and I don't even know. Apparently last week on the show, Anna Marie talked for two hours about Sutton's small esophagus. Like they did the timestamps and it was like two fucking hours of this woman talking about her esophagus. Like Anna Marie needs to get back to that drawing board if she's going to be sticking around, which she's not, by the way. But if she was, if she was back to the drawing board, because she's holding on to this and she says it's because she's a nurse and, and then she explains it because she says she's a critical thinker. And I'm like, that's not the reason you keep talking about this. And Crystal ultimately just calls her the B word. She says, you're a B I T C H. You're a B I, I almost spelled her on B I B I. Did I spell it right? Um, anyway, she calls her that. And then uh, it's revealed that Crystal wanted to go to med school, but Rob didn't want her to. And I feel like everything that's said, Anna Marie kind of like takes, she, I don't know, she takes like a step farther or misinterprets like very clearly misinterpreting. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's all just such a reach. I'm like, you're reaching Anna Marie. I just don't care for that woman. I'm sorry. Um, and so team Crystal, firmly team Crystal. I am also thrilled that this show is doing things, events with people in the background again. Didn't it feel like for so many years on these shows with COVID, we were going to these events where nobody was at them. And so just, I took a moment this week to just point out something that I really love from this week's episode. It was a loaded screen. It was like loaded people. It felt like an event that was going on, whether or not cameras were there. Because during, uh, once COVID happened, I felt like every event, it was just set up by production. Whereas this felt like, even if production did set it up, it felt like something that would happen, and maybe they were fooling us, but it felt like something that would happen regardless of if cameras were there. Lots of people were in the background. It was a full event. And we've been getting that a lot on on these shows lately. And so I just want to thank them for finally doing these group things because it feels more like a reality show versus a setup, even though you guys know what I mean. Okay. Then we talked about Paula Abdul. There was also this older woman with pink hair, and I want to know more about her. 
Um, and Paula really was the Bravo pioneer, by the way. Paula Abdul, she built this network. And so I'm very happy. Uh, I love me some Paula. Of course, I watch every episode of Hey Paula when she just got mad. She uh, got mad at Jeff. I work my ass off, Jeff. I work my ass off. She was yelling at Jeff because she got fired from the Bratz movie. Uh, you remember that? If you haven't watched it, you need to go find it on the dark web because Hey Paula was a, a seminal show on the Bravo Network. She helped build it. She kept the lights on those early days. Her and that uh, tall lesbian who ran the gym, they kept the lights on at Bravo, Jackie Warner. And so we must respect our Bravo elders. And so I will always put respect on Queen Paula Abdul's name. And I've always loved me some Paula Abdul, by the way, because even on American Idol, in college, we used to have a notebook. And in uh, freshman year of my college, uh, we would watch American Idol. And do you remember Paula would give like insane commentary or she would just... um she would critique and it didn't make any sense. There was like a few seasons in there where there were all these allegations and stuff about was Paula drinking or something. But regardless of that, it was like she was just giving these insane critiques. And so my friends in college, our freshman year, we used to have a notepad where we would just write down what Paula said. So I remember one time she said like, count your fingers, count your toes, you're in it to win it. And it was like, then they just moved on to Simon. And it was like, what? Count your fingers, count your toes, you're in it to win it. It was like that was the critique. Or that, that was every single time Paula was speaking on that show, she would give something like that. Or there was that one time where she critiqued a performance that didn't happen yet. And so she was talking about a performance, and Ryan Seacrest had to say, like, oh, actually, Paula, that's going to happen after the break. <laughs> Oh, I love that show. Those early American Idol days. I'm sorry, uh, Luke Bryan, Lionel Richie, and Katy Perry. You just can't compete. They need to bring back Paula, Randy, and Simon. I've said that on the show a million times, and I'll say it a million times more, because that's the only way I'm tuning into that American Idol show again, is if you get Paula back, because she's the one who knows how to critique. So count your fingers, count your toes, and get Paula back, because she was in it to win it. And you notice the ratings went down after those after Paula left. So there you go. You tanked your show by getting rid of Paula Abdul. Um, okay, so then uh, we do have uh, Dorit giving a speech. She's introduced as a fashion designer. And I, you guys, can I tell you something? I looked up Beverly Beach, and guess what? According to the website, you can't buy Beverly Beach. That's right. I went to the Beverly Beach website, and it just says, like, come in soon or something, or like, launching again soon. And so they announced her as a fashion designer. And I'm not saying she's not a fashion designer, but currently, at present, you can't buy them designs unless maybe buy them on eBay or something. Because I looked, I looked upwards of it was probably forty five seconds. I did like an extensive, extensive forty five second Google search on Beverly Beach, and from what I at least gathered for those forty five seconds, uh, it's no longer existing, or it's certainly not available. And so uh, we we hope she gets that back up and going because right now, right now I'm concerned about Dorit's finances. I'm concerned about her relationship. There's a lot happening with Dorit. And this is actually the first time I'm I'm starting to think maybe Dorit should come back next season. Normally at the end of the seasons, I'm like, oh, maybe we need to cut Dorit. But now I'm finding the cracks in the armor with Dorit that could be interesting coming uh, next season. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Um, okay, so then Taylor Dane sings uh, Tell It to My Heart. Again, one of the greatest songs. I don't know much about that. Taylor Dane, other than that one song. Uh, but it was fun to watch Bamboozle Jane singing along. It's the greatest bamboozlement I've ever accomplished. Speaking of bamboozling, she has uh, her greatest bamboozlement is getting me back on board with Bamboozle Jane because I'm loving her this season. Breath of fresh air, just so easy, breezy, beautiful uh, Bamboozle Jane. And so there she is singing along to Taylor Dane. I would have liked a Paula Abdul Cold Hearted Snake performance, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, they talk after these performances about going to Spain, uh, and I was like, we already invited them to Spain. Why are we talking about going to Spain? Like, show me them at Spain or going to Spain. It was like they were just sitting around these tables being like, so we're going to Spain. I was like, what are we doing here? I felt like they should have cut that scene after the event ended, and they were just sitting around that table. Then we see them getting packed for Spain. Uh, Splits had a pair of uh, Morgan's shoes Anna Marie wants an apology from Crystal um, and and then also apologizes to Sutton. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice is going. Um, let's wrap this up. Okay, so 24 hours later, we see that they're in Spain. Uh, I almost turned this episode off, you guys. I wrote that in my notes at the end of the episode. I wanted to turn it off. I paused it. Do you ever do that where you pause it to see how much how many minutes are left? And towards the end of the episode, I paused it. I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like I was... When they were talking about going to Spain, I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to bounce. I got to do anything else with my time. But then there was only a few minutes left. So I was like, just 
you hunker down, get through it, get through it like a root canal. Like <laughs> pretend you're at that dentist, uh, and uh, you just got to get through it. Um, and so I did get through it for all of you, but it was a rough. It was a rough episode to me. To me, uh, but we do see next week they're in Spain. Apparently, they go into a haunted hotel and. Anna Marie makes up something that Crystal said. It doesn't even feel real in the preview for next week of like Crystal saying this thing. I don't know. I don't know. Anna Marie just got to go. A lot of this cast, we need to figure something out. So I don't know. I'm not the expert here. Although I have a podcast where I um, present myself as an expert every week. I do not know exactly what they need to do, but they need to do something because this week was not it. We need to get Denise on the line. Somebody call up Camille again. I know Camille's been, <laughs> Camille's waiting by that phone and maybe we need to get her back on board. Denise, at the very least, they should have brought Denise in for the homeless event and toothless event and then, and then getting her to Spain because to me, she really brought the season alive when she was on those couple episodes. And then it was just like snooze alert the rest of the time talking about Sutton's esophagus. And so I don't know that we need that. So maybe call Denise, get Denise back up on the line and get her in front of the red light because what's happening is not working for me. At least I'm sorry. So again, I do want to apologize for uh, dragging the real house of Beverly Hills again this week. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. It's just because it's been so good at different times that when it's really bad, I get mad, but maybe some of you really liked the episode and maybe I was wrong. And sometimes you watch these things and you're either in a bad mood when you watch or you get, I don't know. There's a million things that could happen that could affect the way you watch these shows. And so maybe I was just watching it funny. Although I don't think that's the case. I think it was actually just a bad episode, but I'm trying to be uh, devil's advocate. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. Thank you. Uh, stay safe. And um, I love you. Love you all. We'll be back next week talking about all this stuff again. As always, we're going to wrap up the Real Houses of Salt Lake City reunion with part three next week, uh, as well as Beverly Hills. And then we're getting into Vanderpump Rules, which is premiering very soon, I think in two, what, two weeks or something. It's coming, baby. It's coming. It's all happening. So uh, speaking of It's All Happening, we do sell It's All Happening tattoos at everythingiconic.store. They're temporary tattoos, just like Sheena Shea's. So It's All Happening. We also have t-shirts there. You can get signed copies of my book, everythingiconic.store. Uh, I love you all so much, and uh, stay safe. We'll talk next week. Bye-bye.